Well, on that note, welcome to All Things Terror. <laughs> welcome to All Things Terror. I'm Emily. I'm Jennifer. And this is a more or less weekly podcast where we bring you terrifying true tales from science, history, true crime, and across the known universe. And you also get to hear about Felix's pooping success. Uh, everyone on our social media, please give a shout out to Felix for having a successful dog poop. Yeah, I mean, Felix, there have been times where I was worried that that would not happen because he's eaten trash. And I'm like, oh my god, did you eat trash? It's going to like clog up your butthole forever. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> no, that butthole is just ready to dispense with it whatever wisdom he's put in his mouth it's just uh everything works as it's supposed to yeah yeah uh felix if anyone is unsure uh is a dog and i really want to make that very clear felix <laughs> is definitely a dog we are not talking about a person's butthole right now <laughs> not yet not oh, who knows no. This is all things terror. We have talked about buttholes before. One day yeah. it could be human butthole. We never we, know. We, we talk about poop a lot, but there's a lot that's terrifying about poop. <laughs> Speaking of poop, oh, um, no. so I have a little garden, and <laughs> I know that you, you know, were growing some things out of containers, and I know that you moved. Have you started your container, containering? Yeah. yeah, so I actually, because I am a crazy person, moved with a lot of my plants. Um, in my old house, I had raised beds, and there were a couple things in there that obviously got left behind. Um, but yeah, I moved with a bunch of my house plants, and since it's spring, it's now April, um, I've been able to get seedlings and stuff. So I've got a pretty robust plant system started. Um, I also had a pretty great compost system going up where I would like compost all winter, like every fall I could like in the spring, I could usually get some compost out. And then in the fall, I would take it out and like throw it in the raised beds to help like mulch it, um, for the winter. And so I was able to get compost out at least once a year, maybe twice, um, which is pretty great. Obviously, I, I live in an apartment building right now, so I can't have uh, compost, but I do have worms, which are verma composting, if you will. Um, and they are composting on a much smaller scale uh, underneath my bathroom sink. So earthworms, not the worms that come out of your butt. No, no, thank God, no. And these are actually like... <laughs> There's sm they're called r red wigglers are the kinds that are good for compost and they're like <laughs> much smaller than like the big old night crawlers that you go fishing with so they're actually kind of cute and like I had worms for a couple years and when the colony's doing really well they'll have they'll lay eggs which are really hard to see they just look like salt basically but I would see baby earthworms which is like just draw a little line with a pen on a piece of paper and that's how big they are and it was pretty adorable i felt like actual mother nature <laughs> were you like look at the babies pretty much i was just like holy shit look at the life i've created 
I didn't do anything. <laughs> out except... of my garbage. <laughs> yeah, out of my food scraps. It was pretty magical. Um, so I basically am um, like one of those old timey farmers who like their whole job is just the farm and it keeps them alive. That's that's basically 100% what I am. Well, I have been in this house um, forever now and every year I keep telling myself this is going to be a year that I, that I put trees in the yard because I have one tree. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who uh, don't live in Austin um, because of the housing shortage that's always in Austin, if you do land a house and it's relatively new, you're likely not to have more than one tree because they just clear areas and they're like, fuck your trees. You don't get any trees except this one tree in your front yard. Well, I feel like probably they're like, if you put a, like a sapling, if you just throw a sapling in a hole in the front yard the day before you show it, you'll get like... Two thousand extra dollars on your asking price or whatever. <laughs> That's why they do it, not out of actually wanting Austin to have trees. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, there's a whole lot of tree shortage in my backyard, and every year I'm like, I'm gonna put trees back there, and then I I do a lot of research. Is like, you know, just like uh, imagine like all the jokes about people trying to learn how to use the computer, like in 1999, where I'm like. Finger typing, Google, can you tell me what kind of tree grows best in Austin, not acorn tree? <laughs> right? Non-allergic <laughs> Austin trees. I mean, I literally have a tr uh, acorn tree in the front, and then in the other house I lived in out here had an acorn tree, and while acorns are cool... I don't need more than one acorn tree. You should plant um, an aspen tree. They grow fast. See, I didn't think about that. But moral of the story is I've done a lot of research on trees that I can potentially grow in Austin. And uh, today I'm going to talk to you about trees that you might not want to grow in your backyard. Oh my. So... The first type of tree we're going to talk about is the manchineal tree. It is an evergreen that is native to tropical parts of North America and spans through the northern parts of South America. So it's like a big, big range. And they're tropical also... Tropical parts of North America. Is that like Florida? Florida, um, the Caribbean. Okay. That general area. Um, in Florida, they are actually, uh, an endangered species. Hmm. Um, I, knowing Florida, I thought you were going to say an invasive species. <laughs> <laughs> no. All the, um, like, boa constrictors <clears throat> just hanging out on these trees. Yes. They're, um, <laughs> it's, it's a no notorious tree where... <sighs> <laughs> the bad elements just, you know, they flock to it. They flock to it. They're like, you know, it's a lot like Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like throwing oh beer God. bottles at like the band <laughs> and smoking like a lot, and they have tattoos. Because I took a the... huge gulp of water when you said that. I was like, "Don't choke! Don't choke!" 
Oh my god, it is like Roadhouse. All the like uh wild boars and nutria rats that are taking over and like all the meth heads all <laughs> hang out around this tree. You know, like a deer passes by and one of them are like, hey, 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 you want some crack? Yeah, right. And the deer's, deer's like, like, no. They're like, get out of here. We don't want your kind around these parts. And, and throws a beer bottle. Because yep. it's Roadhouse. You have to throw. It has to be a glass bottle and it has to break no matter where you're throwing it and yeah. how hard you're throwing it. Like, it could hit a cloud and it still has to shatter. And the snake uh, or nutria rat who offered the crack wasn't drinking a beer beforehand, but somehow they have, like, 20 bottles to throw. The deer's <laughs> just like, where did those come from as it's running away? Yeah, it's a really, really, you know, attracts a very dangerous element. But mm-hmm. on top of that, um, <laughs> interesting thing about the uh, the manchineel tree is that um, it typically grows on like coastal beaches and in brackish swamps it actually really does well in saline saline salinius saline water (laughs) salinic salinic waters (laughs) so like the waters that all other plants die in you know yeah you know it's a it could it could be brackish to you know Jesus Christ, I just got done with the dentist and I'm rinsing with salt water. You know, got <laughs> a range of water there. Yeah. But what's re- what what is cool about this is that um the roots the the roots are like go really, really deep and they're, you know, big and rooty. And what this <laughs> actually does is prevent beach erosion. And also the trees form a barrier that protects, again, like, soil and, be- and beaches against the wind. Yeah. So it's it's actually really cool um, to have these trees in Florida, even though they attract the dangerous elements in other places that they grow. So I'm saying all these really nice things about this tree. Why the fuck is it on this podcast? Well, I'm not going to get there yet. What I want to tell you <laughs> is that um, the manchineel tree is also known as a beach apple. Um, and it gets its name from Spanish, where it means little apple. Um, and that's because the fruit has the resemblance of an apple. Oh, all right. But yeah. uh, in, there is a present Spanish name for it, which is manzanilla. De la muerte. Uh oh. I tried to say that as dramatic as possible. Which put means. In, put in the dun dun dun. <laughs> Which means. Little apple of death. Little apple of death. I mean, the problem is that of death is very de muerte. It's very uh, dramatic and scary and sinister. But little in front of it kind of makes it be like, what is it going to give me farts? Like, kind of takes the sting out. De- it's deadly farts. Uh, mm-hmm. You got it. I don't know how you nailed that, but if you eat the apple, you just like <laughs> you just fart, and it smells really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so. The reason why it has its name is that it is the most toxic tree in the world. 
Um, it contains the... So, every part of the tree is fucking toxic. So, every wow. part. The, the fruit. The bark. The leaves. The weird milky sap that, you know, comes off of the tree. It's all poisonous. Um, in fact, it is so poisonous that there are uh, reports of people having been in the general air spinity of the tree and what? like you know had a had a had a reaction to it. What is that reaction you might ask? Well, let's get into it. I'm so glad <laughs> you asked that question, Emily, because I had a really hard time coming up with a segue. <laughs> Anytime, I got your back, girl. <laughs> so there are numerous different toxins in all of the tree, but one of the big ones is that it contains, and this is me doing a science word, uh, forbol, P-H-O-R-B-O-L, the mm-hmm. specific type, a toxin that generates a uh, allergic reaction in the skin. Whoa. Uh, but even crazier is that uh, it also can cause, like, blistering like, if you're close enough to it or you touch it, it will cause blistering in your throat. Oh, my arms. God. If you eat it, that's good, not good. And, <laughs> in fact, it's so toxic that it's reported that if raindrops from the tree drop on a person, it can cause skin blistering. Touching the tree, skin blistering. Breathing oh near the tree, God. skin blistering. Casual contact with water around the tree, skin blistering. Um, and <laughs> you, there's no way to get a break from this tree because if it's burning, so if the tree catches on fire or you're burning like some branches or leaves that unbeknownst to you belongs to this little apple of death tree, the smoke, guess what? It can cause blistering, big shock there, but also blindness. What? That shit gets in your eyes, and your ass goes blind. Oh my god. The blindness is bonkers. I, I've i heard of, like, burning poison ivy, will, like, if, and then you inhale. Fuck your shit up, yes. Yeah, that's really bad. But, oh my god, blindness? That is terrible. And just a little note here, um... Uh, indigenous people for a long time had used the sap from around the tree to poison arrows Mm. and it is rumored reported speculated somewhat believed that Juan Ponce de Leon and his second trip to Florida was killed by one of these poison arrows Mm. so that is the manchineal tree I'm scared because that was pretty terrifying and I feel like you have more. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> so this other I'm kinda I'm kind of cheating, but it's like a tree shrub, but this one is the I've heard two pronunciations with it. I'm going with the pronunciation I heard most popular or predominantly, which is the gimpy gimpy tree. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it has also been pronounced jimpy jimpy 
But for those of you who want to know how it's spelled, that's Jim Pie, Jim Pie. Okay, well, G-Y-M I feel like... G-Y-M Pie. <laughs> I feel like this is also like a GIF-GIF debate, and I say GIF, and I will say GIF until I die. I will never say GIF. <laughs> and well, I feel like going... this is the same hard J, soft J sound. We're going it hard is... for hard. Gimpy, gimpy. Yeah, gimpy, <laughs> so... gimpy. Um, this tree shrub bush is in the nettle family. Uh, I'm already have, afraid. Have I told you, you have, about when I almost died from cows and nettles? I was just going to be like, Emily, do you care to share a nettle story with our fantastic <laughs> listeners who are still sticking with this podcast for some reason? So... I was in Ireland. I think I actually said that I almost died from cows in the last episode, and I did. I was in Ireland with my siblings and my mom, and we were driving through the countryside, and we got in a fight, because of course we do. And I was driving, which was very stressful, because the driver's side was on the wrong side, and I was on the wrong side of the road. And that's very stressful, because all of a sudden the cars are very close to you. And we got in a fight and I just like was like, I'm fucking done with this. And I pulled over (laughs) and I just got out and started walking across this field. Like, where was I going? I don't know. And it was springtime and there were cows and I'm like, and I see the cows, they see me and I'm like, whatever. And then they're like really looking at me and there's like a bull at the front and at this point I'm kind of like slowing down because my anger is starting to be taken place with like trepidation and I'm like you know what I don't want to fuck with these giant animals so I start turning around to leave now I'm gonna switch perspectives really quick because my brother wisely was like we can't just let one of our family members wander away in a foreign country (laughs) the middle of the countryside so he comes after me and from his point of view He's like, oh, oh, look at Emily. Those cows are following her. That's cute. And then he's like, oh, no, that's not cute. <laughs> so he meets up with me and he, we're both like super chill. We're like, hey, how's it going? Good. How's that? And he's like, oh, we should go over there on that fence. And I'm like, yeah, totally. That seems like a good idea. The fence, by the way, is like, uh, like 90 degrees away from where we need to go like a 90 degree turn from where we are and neither of us are discussing that that's not leading back to the car but whatever and we're like walking and then all of a sudden he's like well maybe we should run when I say run and I'm like yep seems good because like we don't want to run because the cows will stampede but we are also aware that if they catch us we're dead So we sprint, we jump onto the fence, which is this, like, low brick wall that's just been covered in plants. We get on the fence, and the bull, like, tries to charge the fence, and we're just like, ah, shit. So then we're, like, walking along the top until we get closer to the car. We, like, go around a corner on top of the fence. And my brother, like, hops down, and he's like, okay, now it looks like a pyramid shape, but that's all the plants if you step on there you're gonna fall you gotta jump far and I was just like okay and then I immediately (laughs) did not do that (laughs) my foot essentially did that thing where you think there's another stair at the bottom of the staircase and there's not oh god no (laughs) yeah except in this case there was no floor and I just fell like 
straight down into bushes and all these plants went under my shirt up my back and by the time I stood up and like walked like 15 feet to the car I was just like I thought actually that the fence was an electric fence because it just stung really intensely and briefly and I was like oh I think I touched an electric fence my brother's just like oh walk it off you'll be fine and then I got to the car and I was just like, this is not an electric fence. I was just like, it's still happening. And my sister like poured like water and like tea tree oil on me. But like the whole time I was just, it was terrible. I like singing nettle is like instant sunburn and hives and like a blister. All it, it feels so terrible and weird. And it does feel. It feels like it's in your nerves, like electricity. It's really weird. <laughs> anyway, so that's how I almost died from cows and nettles in Ireland. <laughs> the end. The end. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's in the nettle family. And, <laughs> and what happens when you touch this plant is going to be real shocking to you, I'm sure. Good, good shocking pun. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh the gimp- the gimpy gimpy grows in the rainforest of northeast australia uh oh, has... it's australia i'm already prepared <clears throat> that it's uh coming to kill us it um has these really cute heart-shaped leaves it has these also equally cute uh fruits that look a little bit like mulberries that are pinkish purplish yeah this sounds super adorable yeah very very adorable and it grows anywhere between three feet to nine feet tall so like i said shrubby bush kind of tree it's it's also called a tree in some of its other names so i just i went with it yeah all of you people in your technicalities can kiss my butt so anyways um the uh Gimpy Gimpy is covered in these little tiny fine hairs, and you'll find them basically all over it on the leaves, on the stems, and the little twiggy things. And what's really cool about these is that if you just lightly touch it even, these hairs are like really smart, and they will, when they come in contact with your skin, they inject. Notice that I'm not saying it's on the surface of the plant. They inject neurotoxin into your skin. Oh my god. This is intense. Um, the inject part is not where I was expecting those fibers to, to go. You know, little hyper hypodermic needles just into Yeah. So the stinging is extremely painful. Um, cue memory of nettles. Yeah, it was, it was, like, I had heard about stinging nettles from books before. This was so much worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I really did think that I had touched an electric fence. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Oh my god, hypodermic need that is bonkers. Tell me more. So, the stinging can last anywhere from... A couple of hours to a few days. And the the injured area, the area that has received the um, 
gentle love of the Gimpy Gimpy <laughs> forms a welt, and the the pain has been compared to like being burned with acid. Oh my god. The pain actually can also recur after, you know, say the pain has gone gone away for several months. If at any point the area is touched, if it, you know, gets wet, so if you like take a shower and you're like, "Oh man, good thing I don't have that gimpy gimpy kiss on my arm anymore." And then all of a sudden like the water touches a Surprise. spot. It's like, "Ah, shit, acid." Oh my god. <laughs> Or if the area that was injured um, is at any point exposed to temperature change. So basically, constantly. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my so, god. Uh, there, again, this is like in the legend of the plant, but it is known to be the thing that can make you go mad and kill yourself. Dun, I mean, dun, dun. I believe that. Like, if you just like brushed up against a plant and then had pain in your arm anytime it was touched in water or experienced a slight temperature change and I mean I imagine your skin is fine there's nothing wrong with you but you're just like there is pain here yeah that would drive you crazy oh my god that is so Um, dark is do you know is there like a purpose for the plant to do this I mean just to be spiteful (laughs) get the fuck away from me I'm an introvert I, plant. In my, I wish I could do that. Just like somebody <laughs> approaches me and I don't want to talk to and just be like, neurotoxins. <laughs> just like casual sex or sexual harassment. You're just like... There you go. Have some yeah. acid pain. <laughs> so, um, what... In my research of the Gimpy Gimpy, I actually watched this guy, like, seek out the plant. He's like, okay, I'm going to touch it. And then, oh, like, no. you know, the rest of the video was just him going, ah, ah. I oh, regret okay, it. I regret Ooh, it. Ah, look at that. Oh, it hurts. Do you see how much it hurts? It's like, yes, I can see and hear it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, gimpy gimpy. Probably not something that you want to plant in your backyard. I mean, maybe you really don't want people coming in your backyard. <laughs> Maybe. I'm Then again, I take it back. Maybe you do, but remember the risks that you put yourself in. I feel uh, like, uh, you know, it, uh, when people have, like, um, cement wall fences and they put broken glass on the top so that people can't, like, climb over, that's uh, what you can put the gimpy gimpy, like, on top of yeah, a just... wall. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I was also reading that, like... You know, the plant doesn't come become less toxic over time. They're preserved specimens of this plant that, like, if any of the fine hairs, like, you know, it's 100 years old or whatever, if you still touch that preserved old-ass no specimen of the plant, way. it will fuck your shit up. Yes. No. Uh, that yep. is... Yep, yep, yep. Wow, that is... I just feel like this deep admiration. Like, as someone who is often motivated by spite, that is a <laughs> commitment to spite that I hope to be able to reach someday. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. Um, so you know, we talked about two trees 
tree and one tree of one tree in theory they have like pretty innocuous names right manchineal tree little apple uh yeah. gimpy gimpy cool name now we're gonna talk about a tree that just doesn't hide at all what it's about and it's called the suicide tree <laughs> oh my god this tree is like i am not playing <laughs> this is this is me if i were a tree like everybody else is like i'm gonna do polite small talk conversation and then eventually get to the point and i'm like nah i'm just eat me die that's, um, that's what i'm here for uh so this <laughs> oh my god okay Ooh, so I've, I'm trying to venture around different places of the world, you know, um, we have Australia, we have the Americas, um, let's talk about India and South, uh, and Southern Asia. So, the suicide tree, I know, this is gonna be really surprising, is used for suicide and murders, mostly believed to be more so than any other plant. Um, and in fact, I found this little, this little fun factoid, which is in the, in India, in the state of Kerala, between 1989 and 1999, there were 500 deaths associated with the suicide tree. Hmm. Um, so why is this the death tree of choice or death plant of choice? Yeah. It contains a toxin called cerberin, and what this toxin does is when it's ingested, it actually disrupts your heart muscles, and it creates an irregular heartbeat, which Ooh. eventually can lead to, you know, obvious things like not being able to breathe or... A really you know, painful death. Or, you know, going into a coma and then also dying. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the flavor is actually easily disguised in food. So, you know, you take a little bit of a suicide tree fruit, whatever, mash it up, make a really nice stew or fucking whatever you're making, put that in there, be like, this is my last meal, I'm done with this world. I've seen way too many Grammys, I'm, I'm done, and then you eat it. No big deal. Or, like, you're just like, hey, I want to inherit my spouse's wealth. Here's a poison sandwich, you know? Yeah, sneaky. Um, so, um, so it's easy to hide the flavor, but on top of that, it's not a toxin that is usually looked at by a <gasps> medical examiner. Double sneaky. So, um... It's really hard to, like, say how many people kill themselves slash poison others with um, the suicide tree, but there's a lot. Uh, hmm. You know, in that 10-year span, they can record 500, you know, it, it's at least enough to have a substantial sa sample, right? Um, so I told you, coma death, but what is it like eating from the suicide tree? Well... It's pretty cool. Uh, in your mouth, you get, like, these really awesome, like, burning sensations. Um, definitely gonna, like, vomit, have massive headache, you know, before your heart, you know, just gives up or you die or go into a coma. I mean, 
I don't think that there's any type of murder that's super great if you're the victim, but poison really doesn't seem great. No, it's like you don't even get the option of knowing that you're being murdered. (laughs) No, and like, it takes a long time. Like, it's not like you're like, ugh, and then you die. Like, I think it normally takes you like a couple days to die of poison. I mean, you know, it depends on how much you eat and all that stuff, but it's not great. Nope. Um, but, you know, suicide tree, apparently very effective. So, uh, that is... Reminds me of a foxglove. Yeah, you know, uh, it was funny how many times, (laughs) actually, foxglove and hemlock kept popping up in my (laughs) research. It was almost like the internet was like, hey, you know, it seems like you're really going out of your way to find, like, a poison... May I present to you something a little more accessible? <laughs> right? Yeah. I, uh, I've i worked at a garden center over the summer and um, in Colorado. Uh, and people would always be like, oh, what can I get that's deer resistant? The deer eat everything they eat. And I'll be like, well, you know, like mint, rosemary, marigolds. Those are all things that deer don't really like. And they're like, nope, they eat those. And I was like, well, you could get foxglove. And they have these beautiful flowers. And people are always like, really? Will that work? And I'm like, well, they'll only eat it once. And the number of people who are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, they're super poisonous to like every living thing. They're, they were just like, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, good God. Thank God they have these giant skull and crossbones on the tag. They lure, they lure you in with their beauty, and then they kill you with their beauty. I, I did always say, like, well, cactuses or foxgloves might be your last chance. And they were always just like, cactus, ha ha ha. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. That might be the only way you're going to have a garden if you live somewhere where deer want to eat what's in your garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if you have deer, <laughs> well, only yeah. eat from any three of these plants trees once yeah with the foxglove <laughs> oh my god yeah foxglove will uh it lowers your heart rate and it also gives it arrhythmia which is what reminded me of that last suicide yep. tree it's just like that oh my goodness that's crazy so well the end <laughs> go plant some trees not those trees probably though unless I you're, mean, if you're in villain. florida yes plant more man manchineal trees because it's good for the environment yeah when you were saying that they grow in brackish water i was like oh this would be great for the louisiana coastline that's like dissolving like a football field every day or something (laughs) and then you're like and it will kill every human and i'm like oh (laughs) well i mean clearly you can get close to the tree since people have been doing it you know for generations but you know there's a don't touch it you know lick it just go up there and lick the sap off the tree totally good for you oh my god (laughs) blisters on the tongue is something i never want to experience i'm just you know i'm just thinking like i was such uh a creature as a child because like you know i was like climbing and on every tree i could find exploring in the woods i would come out covered and poison everything you know, be like, it itches, I'm going back outside. You know, <laughs> here, I'm going to slap some mud on it, it'll be better. Um, true true story, I did throw mud on top of poison whatever um, to help. Oh, and when mosquitoes were around, because that was also a good deterrent. But anyways, 
enough of how I was, you know, raised in in the the mud and dirt. Um, and I would get, you know, sap just everywhere in my hair all the time. And like, you know, sometimes it would come out, sometimes it wouldn't. And, you know, if it doesn't come out, you just <laughs> take the scissors to it. So my hair would be like choppy and weird everywhere where I just had just like sap and like the big gumballs and stuff stuck in my hair. And I'm just thinking like, well, good thing there was no thing like, uh, you know, the gimpy gimpy or the mansion tree around. I know. Well, it's also crazy because like you don't, think of trees being something you have to watch out for like animals if you're in an area where like poison ivy or poison oak grows you got to watch out for that ticks but not trees like they're our friends no they'll fuck you up yeah damn good to know there's another tree i was reading about um that of course didn't make it because i only like I have to be I have to be like I'll study like 10 of them and be like okay I'm going to talk about 3 of these which three <laughs> but there's this one tree that like produces a cone so big that like gets fallen on people and just like dead what <laughs> that is awesome that is so weird oh my god oh i mean forget the suicide tree if i ever have like a terminal disease i would love to get taken out by giant pine cone. That is bonkers. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's, um, you know, the world's an interesting place, and people spend too much time inside. They miss all the wildness out yeah. there. You don't, you don't need Jerry Springer. Nature is its own salacious <laughs> talk show. <laughs> Nature is its own Jerry Springer. <laughs> Uh, some <laughs> sage wisdom from here at All Things Terror. Well, on that note, um, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever. One day I'm going to get like a fart sound button and when we clap I'm going to push the fart sound instead. <laughs> like a radio shock jock just really exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should look into seeing if there's a way I could get any of those sounds and we can just fill one of our episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh, Clint will probably cut this out, but
So when we do the uh, Star Trek podcast, which you have to come on, it'd be really fun. But um, he, Clint does this intro and he always says, I'm Clint the Q, joined as always by Commander Corey and Chancellor Emily Gowron. And um, one time right before recording, we were just joking around about like DJ names. <laughs> and Clint just went, hey, I'm Clint the Queer. And <laughs> And he goes, and here's my co-host. And Corey goes, Uncle Puke. And I, I was laughing so much. And then, like, without even breaking stride, Clint just goes, I don't even know why I said Clint the Queer. I, I laughed so hard. It was like a minute and a half, like, before I could even reasonably push record. It was so funny. <laughs> Oh, those are great. <laughs> those are great names. <laughs> and Uncle Puke. <laughs> it's always terrible. It's like, and so and so, she is a wild cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And they were like, what's your DJ name? And I was like, I mean, if we're going within the universe, you're probably just like, and the girl. <laughs> right. She's here because she has to be. And she's going to be like, oh, you guys are so silly. She's a killjoy and she makes half of what we do for no real reason. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And you have to be, like, shocked by everything that they say. It's like, did you know that, like, if you pop a pimple... Like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, you pop pimples. that's so gross. Yeah. Oh, hi, Felix. Yeah. I told but you we... he was going to come right back in. Did you have a nice poop? Oh, good doggy. <laughs> I and don't know why I have to... in with the poop. Yeah, I don't know why I have to praise my dog for pooping, because he loves it and seems to never have any hesitancy about doing it. So it's not like he needs encouragement. Well, on that note, welcome to All Things Terror. <laughs>